episodes of The Anthony Rogers Show on Anthony Rogers TV on Roku and Fire TV. Also cool smile empty soul behind the scenes in music videos.
Today's guest is Roger Stone. Stone is an American conservative political consultant, including campaigns for Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Jack Kemp, Bob Dole, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's about time we had this conversation. You want a beard like this? Or close to this? Or even half as good? Use luxurious bastard beard oil. Promo code LEGENDARY for a discount. And step your game up. At Revolution Coffee Company, we are dedicated to giving you the best cup of coffee you have ever had while supporting those who keep us safe. We roast our coffee daily and we offer same-day shipping. Our coffee never sits in a warehouse or a shelf getting stale. Our prices beat our competition and our coffee speaks for itself. Check us out at revolutioncoffeecompany.com Alright, I'm going to do a quick walkthrough of Arcade Monsters. Here we go. The largest arcade in Central Florida complete with classic arcades, virtual reality, pinball, consoles and rhythm games. Locations include Oviedo, Melbourne, Sarasota, and Lake Mary. Full bar. Come hang. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Um, that was a really long intro. But it was good. I probably mixed that song wrong, turned the volume up too loud. But it's a great song live. You had to be there, I guess. Um, the coach, Sean Danielson, how you doing, brother? Can you hear me? I can't hear you if you said something. Not too good. I can hear you now, okay. All you right, hear well, me, uh, dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, today we have a legend, a legend on the show. He, sh um, he should have said no to this. He's way too big for this. We have uh, Roger Stone. How you doing, brother? I had no idea I was going to be on with ZZ Top tonight. <laughs> well, welcome to the top. Uh, welcome That's to our right. cell phone podcast. <laughs> okay. So you guys are going to love this. I had two choices. I could do your show or I could do an interview with Piers Morgan. And the truth is, he's such an asshole. I'd rather be with you guys. You made the right choice. I feel like you made I the right choice. I think you made the right choice. <laughs> Thank you. That's yep. an honor, actually, brother. Uh, so you, you're making Here's a Morgan is a you, douche. You recently interviewed Donald Trump? Yeah, I uh, have a new WABC uh, radio show. WABC New York is one of the great AM radio powerhouses left in the country, really dominant in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut market, and now really growing through uh, WABCradio.com. They have their own WABC radio app. So uh, Sunday was my very first show, kind of an audition, as it were, trial. Uh, and uh, my show is going to be Sunday afternoon, which is the worst time for radio, evidently, in the week, which is fine. Uh, because, uh, you know, I proved everybody wrong. Um, I called my friend of 44 years, Donald J. Trump, told him it was my first show, asked him if he'd come on for an interview. Uh, and it was kind of outside the box. I mean, we asked the typical political questions. But then I asked him, for example, UFOs, man, when you were president, did you ever see, did they ever show you any absolute proof of 
UFOs or extraterrestrial beings. And uh, he kind of tried to finesse that. I uh, said, well, I, you know, they've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen some really incredible stuff. I can't really say. And, of course, all kinds of people are texting me, emailing me, saying, you see, he knows. He knows. Uh, I asked him about the JFK assassination, whether he would release all of the classified records, which they've been hiding now for 50-plus years. And he said, yeah, it's time for everybody to know the truth. So uh, it was a very cool interview. I, I thought that he had released those. He released some of them. So what happened is uh, when the JFK movie with Oliver Stone was so big, it became a big public outcry and people wanted to know what was going on. So the Congress passed a bill, a law that said that in the future, in 2017, all the records would be released unless the president at that time decided to hold some back. So uh, Trump did release a lot of documents. He didn't release all of them. Uh, at the last minute, the Central Intelligence Agency, I think, persuaded him that some of them might uh, expose their methods or sources. Well, that's bullshit because there's nobody still alive. Once George W. Bush, who is peripherally involved here, uh, died, uh, George H. W. Bush, pardon me, um, there's nobody really involved in the agency or in the country who was involved who's still alive. Uh, but he held back about 10%. 20%. Then Biden, it then flips to Biden. Biden recently released more, but we still don't have all of them because the guys who did it don't want to be exposed. So they always convince whoever is president, no, we, we can't let it all hang out. But you have Robert Kennedy Jr., who I really like, by the way. I mean, my politics aren't exactly his, but on a lot of stuff, we agree. And uh, he just openly says, look, I've read 100 books on this. I've met with some of the top experts and historians. The CIA whacked my uncle. The CIA whacked my father. Uh, and um, he can, I mean, I'm just giving you the short version, but he can defend those positions. He cites a book that I've read by James Douglas called The Unspeakable. I myself wrote a book called The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, because that jug-eared MFR did it. There's no question about it. Was not alone. I mean, everybody had an interest. The Central Intelligence Agency is involved. The mob is involved. A big Texas oil is involved. The big banks are involved because Kennedy wants to go to a silverback dollar. But that's a New York Times bestseller, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. It was, I hate to use this word, a conspiracy, but they were all in on it. Johnson was the one that had the greatest interest. First of all, he became president, but he was under investigation in two giant corruption scandals, the Billy Sal Estes scandal. Billy Sal Estes was a Texas Wheeler dealer. Johnson got him multi-million dollar agricultural contracts. He was kicking back. Uh, and Bobby Baker, who is the secretary of the Senate, was Johnson's bag man. Uh, nothing moved. No piece of legislation, particularly appropriations, defense appropriations, moved uh, unless Johnson got a payoff. That was all coming to a head in November of 1963. Johnson was looking at being dumped as vice president, looking at a lifetime in prison. So it was kill or be killed, and he moved first. Now you can check out my book. You can get it at stonezone.com in the shop. You can get a signed copy. Or you can go to Amazon and give your money to people who hate your fucking guts. Uh, <laughs> I agree. That's still hilarious, but I do agree, I agree with the statement, but. That is hilarious, man. Like, um, 
Yeah, it's That's true. Most honest sales pitch I've ever fucking heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where do you, where do you see? Well, the you, like you said, uh, George. Sorry, go ahead, Sorry, go ahead Stone. No, you you go first. That was going to be a better question than mine. All right, Stone, you're like a legend. I want to hear your opinion on this. Like, where do you see the future of America? Like, uh, where where do you see this going? Like, what do you what do you what do you think's happening now? Where do you think we're going, more or less? Like. Well, look, I think that uh, Republican Democrat, even though I have a sentimental attachment to the old Republican Party, Lincoln, Goldwater, Reagan, Trump, uh, the truth is at the leadership level, at the Washington level, there's only one party. It's the Green Party and everybody's in it. Green as in money. It is a one party duopoly. The elites of both parties are working together to destroy the country. Uh, they talk a good game. Oh, we're going to cut spending. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They don't ever really do it. And then along comes Donald Trump. And boy, they think he's a cartoon character. You know, they just think he's a caricature. This guy could never be elected president. The the Bushes and the Clintons are laughing their ass off. I mean, this is, the deal's already cut. It's Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton. Doesn't matter who wins because we all split up the money. I mean, they're all in it together. Uh, for example, when the Haiti... Uh, earthquake went down. Yeah. The Bush Clinton Relief Fund raised $65 million. They spent about three of it in Haiti and the rest of it just vanished. I mean, who knows? It vanished. So uh, they're all in it together. Uh, and um, this is why from the minute he won an upset victory, they've been trying to get rid of Trump. Uh, Trump is, uh, you know, he's got some big picture ideas like maybe we shouldn't have a nuclear war. Oh, uh, the guy in North Korea has got, got nuclear weapons. Maybe I should develop a, a dialogue with him. Maybe it'd be better if we didn't freeze him out in the cold. Maybe we'd get along better if we just ta tried talking to him. You can't talk to that guy. Well, uh, Trump got the little rocket man, as he used to call him, to put his nuclear weapons development program on hold. Now that he sees Biden, he's right back at it. Uh, he told Vladimir Putin, uh, you invade Ukraine, I'm going to hit Moscow. In fact, he said, uh, you know, you're going to be in bed with your Russian whores and you're going to see the roof blow in because I'm going to hit Moscow. Uh, and Trump admits, he said, Putin didn't know I was telling the truth or not. Putin thought maybe there was a 10 percent chance that I would really do it. Uh, but that 10 percent kept him from invading Ukraine when Trump was president. Uh, same thing is true in China. The Chinese wouldn't move on Taiwan because Trump was a wild card. They thought he was a wild man. Who knows what he might do? He might hit him. So they were afraid, and it kept the peace. The only president uh, in modern times not to get us started in a new war. Uh, who fights the wars? Is it uh, is it the old rich guys? No, it's not. So, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, at this point, they're so threatened by the fact that he might come back. He's leading Biden in the polls. He's leading Ron DeSanctimonious in the polls. Uh, it scares the crap out of them. This time, unlike last time, where they kind of, you know, they they infiltrated his administration, they they the establishment types try to dilute your program, slow it down, kill it. Uh, they try to co-opt you. Uh, this time, he will not be co-opted. This time, I think he he uh, will appoint uh, people who are Trump people, who are America first people. Uh, and um, he was very successful in his first term. I mean. You had a rocking economy. You had the most robust economy in our history, uh, the greatest rate of job growth, the greatest rate of wage growth, the lowest levels of unemployment for black, white, Hispanic, Asian, young, old, urban, rural across the board. 
his tax policies were bringing billions of dollars that people were sheltering offshore or spending offshore, investing offshore, back into the country to be invested to expand businesses here, create jobs here. We built the military. Uh, you know, my great my great disappointment is that he didn't move cannabis off the off the class one schedule. Should have done that. that. I still think in a second term we might convince him to do that. Personally, I'd go for ultimately go for full ultimately full legalization. I think he should do that. Uh, we both we all know the country the drug problem in this country is opioids. It, it, it's not it's not cannabis. No, I agree. I agree. You made a lot of good points, man. Like, uh, who out of all the presidents you've worked with and like uh, kind of collaborated with, like who do you respect the most? I guess uh, I would say Nixon is on your back, but I want to know. I'm just guessing. Uh, you know, it's a very tough question because they're all very different. I mean, first of all, uh, I didn't know him obviously, but the, I was born in 1952. Dwight Eisenhower was elected president in 52. People, he's really underestimated because he was so low key. But you had unprecedented peace and prosperity. Uh, we had a balanced budget. We had we you know we kept the, the communists in check. Uh, we had a boom economy. Uh, he was a very great president, but he was so low key, kind of nobody knew it, and that's the way he wanted it. Uh, Nixon, uh, you know, he uh, ended the war in Vietnam. He got a strategic arms limitation agreement with the Soviets. He de desegregated all the public schools, which uh, were eighty percent, almost eighty percent segregated when he became president. Uh, he uh, opened the door to China. People say, well, he's responsible for the Chinese problem. No. When he recognized China, they were dirt poor. They were a backwards agrarian society, uh, you know, with more oxen than they had cars. Nixon has no way of knowing that 30 years later, uh, the Bush family is going to give them most favored nation trading status, and the Clintons are going to sell them our most valuable missile targeting secrets for ICBM missiles uh, in return for illegal campaign contributions. That's what's made them the superpower. Those two things have made the superpower that they are today. Nixon is trying to get a strategic arms limitation uh, agreement with the Soviets. Brezhnev is starting to go cold on him. So Nixon says, okay, fine, I won't make a deal with you. By the way, did I mention that Mao invited me to Peking next week? He wants to make a deal. And of course the Russians then said, well, wait a minute, hold on a second. Uh, he was very skillful in playing them off against each other. Remember, they have a common border. They're, they may both be, at that point been communist, but they did not trust each other. And they had a they had an internal dispute. Nixon was able to play them off against each other. Uh, and we spent we saved billions in defense spending because of that. Now, here's a th thing people don't know. Nixon could not read music, but he could play the piano, the accordion, the violin, the clarinet and the saxophone and he was proficient in all of them that's awesome i didn't know that the guy, the guy was uh he had the same body weight when he died as he had it in the navy uh he did he did calisthenics every day he exercised before it was popular he was very very disciplined about what he ate uh he read very widely uh people don't think of him as an intellectual but he was a, a great reader uh, and uh, it would be very cool to sit around with Nixon. And uh, he said, he would say to you, uh, hey, you want a silver bullet? Which is what he called a martini. And I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, let me show you my recipe. Uh, he said, you take a jar of olives, you drain out the juice. You fill it with water, you shake it well, you drain out the water. Now you fill it with dry vermouth, you put it in the refrigerator till it's cold. 
take a couple martini glasses, you splash them with water, you put them in the freezer. Now you take a cocktail shaker, fill it with ice, both ice cubes and and cracked ice, you know, shard ice, uh, and you shake it really vigorously. If if the shaker doesn't get so cold that it hurts your hand, you're not doing it enough. He says, now you take the, the glasses out of the freezer, you take one olive or two out of the bottle, uh, and you pour in the martini. And if they're not little shards of ice, he says, floating on the surface, well, that means you fucked it up. And I said, wow, that's a great recipe. And he said, yeah, Winston Churchill gave me that. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. We, we actually can't cuss on the show, though, Stone. Uh, oh, pardon this, me. Uh, this, this, is, this is a children's show. And, uh, and uh, I'm just I'm messing with you. That's an awesome story. That was, uh, that was it awesome. seems like a family. seems like a family show. <laughs> yeah, we want to keep it G-rated for the fans and stuff. And all of Anthony's fan base are children. Yeah, yeah it's, it's three, three years and younger, yeah. But no, it's an awesome story. I drink with Nixon, man. I think that'd be a badass time, dude. I think uh, to re to reduce what you said, I think I think that'd be a badass time drinking. Well, Nixon. the thing about Nixon was he he uh, he didn't hold his liquor well. So um, if you tried to talk to him about the past, you know what was Eisenhower like? What was Jack Kennedy like? Uh, uh, what was uh, what was Joe McCarthy like? How what was what was it like with uh, Charles de Gaulle or Winston Churchill? He was always very forward-looking. Now, I didn't want to talk about the past. I want to talk about the future. Who, who are the young nutcutters in the party, he would say. But after he had a couple drinks, then he would become more talkative. So one day, we had a couple pops at his place in uh, Saddle River, New Jersey. And I said to him, uh, Mr. President, let me ask you a question. Who, who really killed Kennedy? Kind of stares into his martini, kind of shivers, and he says, Dallas. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, let me put it to this way. Lyndon Johnson and I both wanted to be president. The difference was I wouldn't kill for it. Uh, and that's what inspired me to begin the research and write my book, oh, The wow. Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but if you read that book, I guarantee you, you will say, I nailed it. I proved it. I'll check that out, man. Like, speaking of non-believer, man, I, I love that rant. Like, someone's like interrogating you or something like that, and he just like told the guy to fuck off. And he's beat his bar, and he got his bar. Like, that was that was fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I guess it's just a person that like it, like enjoys internet clips. That shit was hilarious, by the way. A totally different subject. Well, I was in a deposition for seven hours, and this guy kept asking the same question over and over, thinking he was going to get another answer. And I finally got pissed off. By the way, it was a very key day. So that day, the story broke that the jury foreman poor woman in my case uh, who claimed during jury selection that she didn't know who I was, knew nothing about the case, had been attacking me by name regarding the very case she became a jury or juror in on Facebook uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, Twitter, but she had them on a private setting so nobody could see them. So I have a hundred press calls. Meanwhile, this douchebag who's trying to sue me because I defamed him uh, says, uh, you know, he's asking me the same question over and over and over again. I finally lost my temper. Uh, but, uh, you know, and the th problem here is people play little tiny clips of it. Watch the whole thing. I kicked his ass. I know you did. No, I, I, you, you kicked his ass even in clips, bro. <laughs> like, I was, like, I was, like, I, that shit was, uh, I, that made me laugh legitimately. Just like, like, you told him he's going to be disbarred. He was disbarred, wasn't he? Like, later, like, wasn't he disbarred? Yes, he said, he said, you know, by the time uh, this case gets to trial, you'll be in prison. I said, no. By the time this case gets to trial, I'll be free, but you'll be disbarred. <laughs> and he was. 
and he was. That's <laughs> no, he was suspended, but yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Still funny, man. Like, uh, and like, uh, you know, my good buddy Luke, Luke Rolfing, too, right? Like, uh, yes, I know Luke. The Luke that's true. so funny. That guy's fun as fuck, man. I love, I love that motherfucker. He's fun, man. I just want to name drop him real fast if he's watching this. But, um, but, but yeah, like you said, you brought up a good point about not talking about the past as much. Like, I, mean, I feel like talking to a guy like you, you have like decades of just legendary shit I can just bring up. But like, what, like, where, where do you see like the future as far as like, I mean, I kind of asked for the country, but like, where do you, like, what is the future and politically? Uh, I think this, this, this is very clear, which is, uh, you know, they, uh, Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. It's really the only way he can save himself and the country. Uh, they're, He's already charged in 37 counts in Florida. They'll probably charge him uh, with other bogus crimes in D.C., probably charge him uh, with other bogus crimes in Georgia. Uh, as far as the federal charges are concerned, I don't see how they get to trial prior to the election. So he's going to have to run while under indictment. I would argue that he's going to wear it like a badge and say, you see, it's all political. These people are trying to stop me from saving the country by cooking up these charges. By the way, what about Joe Biden getting a wire for five million from the Ukrainians, uh, you know, in return for getting this prosecutor who is digging into his son's business deals uh, fired, just to give you the short version. So uh, the question here is Trump, I think, ultimately has to run, probably under indictment in various jurisdictions. To be very clear, he's going to be fighting in court the same time he's campaigning. Uh, and uh, the real jury is going to be the American people, because if he's elected, he can turn around and pardon himself. And that's what he's going to say he will do. So, I mean, he has to run the table to do this. He has to win every caucus and primary, I think. But I think that's likely. Uh, and then he really needs some very, very good lawyering. That remains to be seen. Uh, but um, we have two different standards here. I mean, Joe Biden kept records. Barack Obama kept records. George Bush kept records. Uh, the, the Presidential Records Act uh, allows him to keep the, the, uh, the uh, records. There's a federal decision. I mean, Bill Clinton kept a bunch of federal records in his sock drawer, and the, and the judge ruled that that was perfectly legal. He, they belong to him. So I think he's, you know, he's got to put on a spirited defense. If he loses, you guys better be studying, brushing up on how to speak Chinese. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's freaky because like Joe Biden's not even campaigning. Like he's he's like I'm gonna run, but he's not like even campaigning. I'm like I think they think they have this unlocked, and, and it's kind of terrifying. I mean, as like an American, it's kind of terrifying, man. Like the times we're in, arresting political opponents and stuff. It's very communist. I mean, it's crazy. Well, I don't. Th I, I don't. Well, think, and, and, I think and the problem is he can't campaign because he keeps falling down. <laughs> I mean, I really actually feel, in a way, I feel sorry for the guy. I think his family's put him through this because they like the money and the power. Maybe he has to stay in office now to avoid being prosecuted himself and having members of his family, but it's elder abuse. I mean, guy doesn't look well to me. Some days he doesn't even seem to know where he is. He's shaking hands with invisible people that don't exist. He's falling down. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. I don't, I don't wish him any harm. I didn't think it was funny when he fell down. Some people thought it was funny. I did not think it was funny. I felt bad for the guy. I mean, he should be, you know, he should be in a, uh, he should be in a home someplace. He should be uh, eating his Cheerios and watching TV. Honestly, yeah, you brought up a good point. Yeah, we should we should feel bad for people even that they fall and like are fucking up our country. You know, I I, 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 I yeah, just as like Christ, Christ would, you know, Christ would love everybody. And I think that's a good point, man. I think that, that's a that's a damn good that's a damn good point actually. And I, I feel like I made fun of him falling quite a bit. And you made me feel kind of guilty about that. So, <laughs> like, but but you're right though. I think you're right though. Ultimately. So what what are gasoline prices hey, hey, out there? Hey, what are right. gasoline prices out where you guys are? 
I'm in Montana right now. It's like it's like yeah, diesel's like four bucks a gallon basically. But I'm uh, but I'm just, I'm traveling. It's getting worse as I go west, obviously. But yeah, it's about three twenty where I'm at right now. I'm in Kentucky traveling. Well, I was like one eighty nine when Trump was president. One thirty nine in some places. Quite a difference. Quite yeah, a difference. it was pretty. It was pretty good. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, my- in context, every single president we've had in my lifetime, they all promise energy independence. Oh, yeah, we're going to do it. Don't worry, it's coming. And then they didn't do anything. Uh, there's enough oil and gas underneath our own country, underneath the ground, to fuel the country for 100 years. Yet we're getting on our knees begging the Venezuelans and the Russians and the Saudis for oil, and they're charging us up the ass. Uh, it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. Trump's the first guy who actually did what he said he was going to do and got us energy independence. And then as soon as Biden is elected, he turns off the pipelines and he cancels all the drilling and fracking uh, uh, permits. Uh, we basically kill our own energy industry. Now he has to go and bended knee to the Saudis and the Saudis are kind of thumbing their nose at him. I mean, it's a disaster. It's really a disaster. No, it is. It's sad. Like really, it's like sad seeing America be in this situation. He's like, it, like it's, it's like on purpose, which is annoying. He's like, America is like the leader of the world in innovation, and like everything else. Like, like we're the only country people can name on a map, no matter what. Like one of the 190 countries you are, and it kind of, it's kind of ridiculous and embarrassing to see this decline, and like a man-made decline. It's like what's more annoying. Like something that's easily to avoid, easy to avoid. I mean, this isn't even hard to fix. It's just like, just you know, what I mean? it's just like insane. I feel like, man, it's kind of insane. Yeah, it seems purposeful, and and the the whole the whole gas price thing then just chain reacts to everything else, and and you know inflation goes through the roof, and and we're all poor because of it. The other day, I don't go very often, but I went to buy a steak. Well, it wasn't really a steak; it was more like three bites of a steak, twelve dollars and ninety five cents. You know, I bought it. It was the only steak left in the store. I mean, we got food shortages here. I talked to a guy in Delaware; they have a shortage of chicken wings. The Del, Del Marva area there, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, that's like the chicken capital of the world, but they don't have chicken wings. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Yeah, it seems it definitely seems purposeful. I mean, have you seen all those videos of farmers being paid to destroy their own crops and, and destroy their own their own uh, animals? It's like the, the a government program to pay them to destroy our food supply doesn't seem. Well, Rational and productive. In the large number of food processing plants of all kinds that just miraculously exploding or having fires, getting hit by an airplane. It's all a coincidence. I mean, Tucker Carlson has been great on this. We're not talking about two or three incidents. We're talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of them. Meanwhile, in all honesty, yeah. across the country, the communist Chinese are buying up all the prime farmland, ranch land, bridges, tunnels, toll roads. Uh, you know, all, all, all of these uh, highways, all of these uh, facilities, ports, uh, and we're selling them to them. We're going to wake up and the Chinese are going to own our country. So very sad. Well, yeah, that's scary. So What's we- a peaceful resolution? Like, what do you think a peaceful resolution is out of these? Like, like ban, like uh, ban foreign countries and companies from buying land within. Uh- in, in Canada, the Chinese can't buy land. It's against the law in Canada for, for a foreign country to own Canadian land. We should we follow can that. The, we can do the same that. thing here. We should do that for sure. And then, like, we should we should find peaceful resolutions, whatever. It's not, it's not the American people's fault and the Chinese people's fault. It's, like, government to government. We need to figure out some kind of, like, solution that's basically just, like, like, like just, like, bam, get out of here. Like, deal with your own shit. And we need we definitely need factories here and, play, and like, the currency will adjust after that. But, like, all yeah, all businesses are just, like, in other countries and stupid as fuck. 
Like everybody's selling our country. It's individuals are selling our country out too. It's not just major players. Like on an individual level, people are buying slave-made things from China and selling them while they pretend like they hate slavery. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's just like like it's not on an individual level too to change this really. And we just need people like the, the communists are basically going to take our government. They're going to try and starve us. So basically, you have to have food and you have to have like numbers, I guess, regardless. But I mean, there's, there's probably peaceful resolution though. I think. I think. I think. I think we can get out of this just with our head game, like. Because we don't like most people wouldn't admit the Chinese are trying to like to take us over without violence. They're using like the art of war. They're using that whole like they want to take the land, the least amount of casualties, blah blah. But, uh, like, also, they, but also around the country, while we've been importing death and war, they've been building bridges and hospitals and and schools and highways and ports uh, in the third world. So they're making friends while we are making enemies. Definitely. Uh, and um, you know the whole American century lasted about ten years. Uh, the the two party duopoly, the neocons, uh, they're in war because war is extremely profitable. They don't care how many people they kill. They really don't care. Uh, but you're, you're not going to bomb your way to peace. So, uh, and we are this close to war uh, in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got, we sent 191 billion now. It's probably low. Uh, half that money is can't isn't accounted for. Nobody knows where it's going. Some of it's definitely being funneled back to payoffs for people here. Uh, and uh, absolutely, you know. And, and what this war is really about, which no one will tell you, is that we signed an agreement with the Russians uh, under Reagan, in which we agreed not uh, in return for their not objecting to the reunification of Germany. Uh, we agreed not to push Ukraine into NATO, which means we agreed not to put NATO missiles pointed uh, at Russia on the ground in Ukraine. And we certainly never, we certainly said we would not uh, let them open bioweapons labs. Uh, we've already built the silos, we're just waiting to drop the missiles in. Uh, this isn't really no different than Nikita Khrushchev and the Russians putting Russian missiles in Cuba, 92 miles from the United States in 1962, which Kennedy objected to, and that was resolved peacefully. So uh, that that's what the real issue here, this idea that Putin wants to just it's, wants to restore the faded glory of the Soviet Union, and he wants to occupy the whole country. Couldn't even afford the whole country. I mean, but the this if you read the war propaganda that would tell you the Ukrainians are kicking the crap out of the Russians, it's just not true. I mean, it's just not true. Uh, and these recent papers that leaked these classified documents show that um, seven out of ten casualties are being taken by the Ukrainians. There's 448 million missing at least. It's far more than that, I suspect. Uh, the the Ukrainians are ill-equipped for the for their big uh, their current big offensive, uh, and then the Russians, you know, Putin can't lose because the generals back home will kill him if he does. So, I mean, I, this is this is the biggest single danger in the world that we stumble uh, into World War III, and I, I think look, Trump is the guy that cut off the Russian pipeline. He's the guy that gave the offensive uh, long-range missiles uh, to the Ukrainians. Uh, he's got credibility with both sides. Uh, he knows all these guys. And he could negotiate a peace tomorrow and end this thing. Biden doesn't want to end this. Thing. He's, we, he won't even enter into peace talks. They, they won't even talk, which is crazy. Uh, and uh, I just think between the Middle East peace agreement that he, that he brokered uh, his success in North Korea, he's keeping the Chinese out of Taiwan. He's demonstrated on the world stage that he can get things done, and he's a deal maker. Uh, 
Biden already said in the beginning, before the war, he'd be willing to give up pieces of Ukraine to the Russians. So this idea that Trump is in the bag for the Russians is nonsense, just nonsense. Uh, and, uh, you know, when they asked him in that uh, CNN town hall, well, who do you want to win? He says, I just want the killing to stop. We're killing too many people. I want the killing to stop. That really that really impressed me. That's the truth, man. Like, war is insane. And, and, like, yeah, no, the rich just sell weapons to both sides. And, like, they want us to kill each other. It's all depopulation and this globalist power move. And it's just kind of, it's kind of insane. And, like, I mean, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope it's not the revelations, but these guys are using it as a blueprint if it's not, you know. It's, like, it's kind of, it's kind of insane to me. And, like, I hope that everybody, like, uh, comes to God and, like, chills out, <laughs> basically lays down their weapons and swords and stuff, you know. Like, I feel like it's a crazy time to be alive. It's it's amazing to me how overlooked the fact that Trump oversaw the most peaceful four years that we've had in forever. That fact is so overlooked. Like I know so many liberals that are all about peace and love, yet hate Trump to the core and don't acknowledge the fact that uh, that that we weren't involved in any wars during that time. Well, you know? I know Obama dropped a record number of bombs, man. When we, you know, between the Obamas and the Bushes and the Clintons, we just it's endless war, endless war. Trump is the yeah. peace. Trump is the peace candidate. Never thought I would see that, but that is the case today. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's funny because so many liberals are, you know, consider peace and love to be their foremost issue. And yet they just, they hate Trump and, and, well, uh, do. and, and don't they, acknowledge and also, that aspect. And they don't seem to be, I mean, the, the liberals used to be big for free speech. Now they like censorship. Oh, no, you shouldn't right. be on Twitter. You shouldn't be on Facebook. You shouldn't be on Instagram. I'm banned for life on Facebook. I'm banned for life on Instagram. I'm banned for life on TikTok. Not that I care. Uh, I'm banned for life uh, on uh, YouTube. So, I mean, it, this right. is what, for what reason? They don't ever give you a reason just because, because we don't like your suspenders. Who knows? They don't give you a reason. Uh, I'm back on Twitter, right. which I'm very grateful for. I like Elon Musk. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I like him. Uh, he brought me back when I thought nobody else would. Got uh, almost a half million people following me there now. By the way, I'm at Roger J. Stone Jr. Roger J. Stone Jr. Give me a follow. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's uh, I like it. It's and I'm much more careful with it now. I don't argue with people. But when trolls hit me up and say bad shit about me or my wife or my kids, uh, you know, I just I just block them. I don't even bother. I don't even bother. It doesn't bother. You me can't win. You can't win the internet battles, you know. No, it's a waste of your time. Just if you don't, if somebody's a bonehead, just block them. Keep moving. Yeah, I just retweet yeah. them. I just retweet them. I give them. I give them the attention they want. You know, I'm like retweet. <laughs> like every time. I don't know, man. No, that's crazy. I didn't know you were banned from Instagram for the long. That's where I first got. I ran into you. That's where I started talking to you. I, I remember your account got deleted, but I didn't know that it was banned for one. That's yeah, no, they never gave me a reason. So Facebook banned me uh, because they said that I had a hundred fake Facebook profiles, which I didn't. That was just a lie. I had one for each one of the books that I wrote. I had one, my personal one, I had <clears> one for my blog, stonezone.com. And I had one for my uh, Stone on Style, my men's fashion blog, which I used to have. Uh, and uh, that was it. But somebody told them that I had a hundred fake profiles. By the way, it's very hard to have a fake profile on Facebook, as I recall. Uh, but I didn't have any. Anyway, because they own Instagram, I was automatically canceled at Instagram. So I didn't break any Instagram rules that I'm aware of. Uh, and I kind of like Instagram. I mean, I like the reels and stuff. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, I'm big on Truth Social, Trump's site, which, you know, if you want to talk to like-minded individuals, still pretty good. I got 100 and, almost 110,000 followers there. 
they're all right wing, you know, conspiracy theorists like myself, but there's nothing wrong with that. They're patriots. Uh, so I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. You know, I kind of like it. It, it is crazy how. No, go Sorry, ahead, it, it is it, it is crazy that the, the Democrats these days support censorship. They're censorship fully on board with censorship. They are opposed to civil liberties and they want war. Everything's backwards from the way it used to be. And they love the FBI. Right, right. And they love the FBI. They used to hate the FBI. The FBI <laughs> right. was relying on the anti-war groups during the Vietnam War. So everything is reversed now. Now they like big oppressive government sticking its nose into your personal life, spying on you. Now they like endless foreign war. Uh, now they don't care about civil liberties. They don't care about free speech. Uh, everything is backwards from the way it used to be. They're all about medical and corporate tyranny. There, it's it's just crazy. It's it's nothing like what the, what the party used to be. No, it's certainly not what not what liberals used to be. That's what I mean. You know, it's it's just, and and yet they can't see the complete the complete uh, one eighty that they've done for some reason. You know. No, they really they really can't. I mean, they used to they used to have me, you know, personally when I was younger, kind of kind of on board. But I mean, I just started seeing so much hypocrisy at a certain point that I was just like, I couldn't, I well, couldn't yeah, stay I, there. I, I kind of consider I'm a libertarian more than a traditional conservative. No, I'm I'm for the whole concept of freedom, personal freedom. So if you yeah. want to briefer, that's up to you. I don't I don't care. You know, don't ask, don't tell my kids to do it. Let them make their own decision when they're eighteen. But uh, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of an old fashioned Goldwater conservative, uh, meaning I'm for maximum personal freedom. I don't want the government in my bedroom. I don't want the government in the boardroom. I don't want the government in my business. Uh, you know, uh, and that's the essence of conservatism. Uh, these liberals today are, they're fascists. I mean, they're authoritarian fascists. They call themselves liberal, but they're not liberal in the classical sense at all. They're for censorship. They're for war. They're for secrecy. Uh, they're for an oppressive federal government. They're for mandatory vaccinations. Let everybody decide for themselves about being vaccinated. Just let everybody decide for themselves. You want to do it? That's fine with me. I shouldn't be required to do it. it should be up to up to each individual. Study the issue. Make yep. your own decision. It's true. I, I I agree with that, man. I I agree with a lot of the fundamentals of the libertarian point about. I, but I like to. I don't know. I, I think there, it's definitely very forward thinking. I think we just need to uh, abolish government as much as we can, <laughs> but still like have certain things, certain key things, you know, I, I think the overreach is ridiculous. And I think, I, I think like, uh, I don't know, man, like big farm is a big problem too, I think. And the, and the left used to hate them too, you know, like that's probably one of the biggest problems we have right now. Like it, as far as- it, it, it very definitely is. It's an enormous problem, but uh, look, uh, and you're, we're very restricted uh, on the platform you're on and talking about it. I'm not interested in getting you guys blown off, but, um, you know, I think Robert Kennedy is a, a brilliant guy. I read his book on Dr. Fauci. I recommend it. It'll blow your mind. Uh, I'm very impressed with this guy. I agree with him on some stuff. I don't agree with other. He's, I like him. He, he's, he's pro-abortion. I'm anti-abortion. Uh, he's, uh, he's big on global warming. I think global warming is bullshit. Same. Uh, but we agree on health freedom. Uh, and he's against What's- the foreign wars. He's against the corporate government cabal that is just interested in making money uh, and terrorizing people that's hollowed out the middle class, destroyed the poor. I mean, I think the guy really cares about people. He's very, very smart. I've never seen him cornered where he couldn't back up something he said with a study or other documentation. 
I, I really think he's, uh, you know, if I were a Democrat and I'm not, uh, I'd vote for him. Uh, I don't think he's going to be nominated. I think the, they're going to kneecap him the way they did Bernie Sanders. Uh, they're they're going to cheat him. Uh, but he's running a great race considering that none of the three TV networks will put him on without severely editing it. Uh, and that he can't, right. you know, that he can't, they took him off Facebook. They took him off Instagram. Uh, he's, he's, he's made great use of Twitter. Um, I have a lot of admiration for him. Now, if you go on Twitter, you'll see there's a picture of he and I together. Cause I met the guy one time in my life. We're not friends. You might be able to call us acquaintances. No, I didn't urge him to run. No, I'm not running his campaign. Uh, no, I'm not giving him advice. I just find it interesting. I follow him because I find it interesting. I'm a political scientist. I'm interested in kind of new techniques to communicate and how it all works. And as I say, I share some of his views on what I think are the more important issues like war and peace. Because if we're all incinerated by a nuclear device, by a thermonuclear missile, does it matter whether abortion is legal or not? <laughs> That's nope. a great point. And I would love to see I would love to see an RK Jr. Trump like uh, like thing. I'd love to see the debates. That'd be an interesting debates. And I think like, um, and like, I, I'd be down with either of those guys, honestly, that aren't like, I mean, it's assuming, I mean, the information I have at this point, you know, there may be more information to come. And I, well, I, hate uh, I, I wrote a column in which we kind of just outside the box and said, what about a Trump Kennedy ticket? There's a oh, lot yeah. of obstacles to that. There's a lot of legal reasons why it's difficult having to do with sore loser laws and party registration and so on. However, there would be nothing to prohibit Trump from appointing Robert Kennedy attorney general or like his father or appointing him the head of HHS, for example. Uh, when he was asked on Laura Ingram the other night whether uh, he was going to if he got beat by Biden for the nomination, would he endorse Biden? He ducked and said, I have to think about it. They said, well, what if you a Republican was elected? Say Trump was elected. He asked you to be in his cabinet. He said, well, I'd have to seriously consider it because if you're called on to serve your country, you should serve your country. I mean, John Kennedy's a Treasury Secretary, C. Douglas Dillon, was a Republican from New Jersey. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt, Secretary of War and Secretary of State, uh, Knox, I uh, can't remember the other guy's name. They were both Republicans. So, uh, you know, it's a tradition to have a bipartisan cabinet. It's only in recent years that we haven't done that. Um, you know, I like the idea of a national unity thing of Republicans and Democrats working together because some on the Republican right and some on the on the progressive left, like the Bernie Sanders people, when it comes to trade, when it comes to war, we have more in common than we have apart. Where we we where we divide is mostly on the social issues, not completely, but mostly. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I think that it'd be nice to have a political realignment. The people who say we need a new party, that these two parties are, are shot, they're right. But you have to remember that the rules for the debates and the rules to get on the ballot for the parties are written by Republicans and Democrats working together. And they work together to eliminate competition, to make it hard to have internal party competition, primaries, uh, and to make it hard to have any other option. So uh, when you went to the 2016 election, I think it was, on election day, I saw a poll which 71% of the people said they wish there was a different choice uh, pardon me, it was probably 2012. Uh, they wish there was a different choice between Obama and Romney. Well, there was. The, the Green Party had a good candidate. The Libertarians had a good candidate. But nobody knew about it because they weren't ever allowed into the debates. And the criteria for the national debates is they said, well, you have to have 5% in the polls. Well, when those candidates hit 5%, they changed the threshold to 15. 
And when they hit 15, they change it to 19 because they don't really want any debates. Here's the criteria. If you can get your name on the ballot in enough states to theoretically win 270 electoral votes and therefore be elected president, you should be in the debates. It's hard to get on the ballot. But both the Libertarian and the Green Party candidates were able to get on the ballot. And they both should have been in the debates. I agree. And like, man, I'd want to see an RFK of DP for Trump, man. That, that, that would rule. That, well, that, that would be a great way to unite parties, honestly. If you, if you go to my substack, rogerstone.substack.com, I wrote a long, long piece on that. Gentlemen, I must tell you, I'm fairly exhausted. This is my ninth interview of the day. So I'm going to move on, uh, if that's okay with you boys. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you even taking the time to be here, man. God bless you. God bless your family. And like, uh, thank you for taking the time to be on this cell phone show, man. I appreciate it, man. Well, just remember this. I am to politics like Ric Flair is to wrestling. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks for coming on. I'll see you guys. Thanks. Hold on, brother. God bless. Take care. No, that was legendary, man. That was, that was legendary, dude. Very, yeah. That's crazy, man. Like, Very. uh, Facebook must have dropped. We, we, we just dropped a lot of people on Facebook the last like couple minutes. Like it went from like two hundred to five, and like they, they, I don't know if it's the title or something we talked about. Facebook, YouTube's still going good. Like like a couple hundred people on YouTube, I think. But well, you know, not surprising. I mean, I guess he's banned for life from Facebook, so they probably I, I, don't like I, other people sneaking him on. No, I wonder that, man, because, like, it's down to four. Already. That's crazy. And they're, like, my Facebook friends. Like, it's, like, four of my Facebook friends. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, we. That's funny you came here over Pierce Morgan, too. That's great, man. That's a, we're, get, we're, we're getting somewhere. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that was true or just funny. Either way, you know, it's going to be a pro wrestling promo clip, dog. You know, that's gonna be that's, that's, that's gonna be the pro wrestling promo uh, fucking for sure, man. Yeah. So what's uh what's you're playing in Kentucky tonight, you said? Yeah, uh we're in uh Glasgow, Kentucky. I got I actually gotta I gotta go on pretty soon here too. I was gonna I was gonna hang for another ten minutes or so and then go, but he, he beat me to the punch. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah, I hope uh, you showed kills, man. I hope everybody in Kentucky fucking loves it and fucking kill it, man. Kentucky. Yeah. Okay, I hope the whole state's there, bro. I hope the whole fucking state goes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not here. I hope they are. I, I haven't been in the club yet, though, so I don't know. I don't know uh, who's, you know, what it's like in there, but hopefully it's a good show. Yeah. What about you? I, I what thought, about you, dude? What, when's your next show? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. I'm in Montana right now, kind of yeehawing it, man. Like, and, and, just, and just enjoying all this country and mountains, man. I've been kind of like just chilling with my wife, like staring at mountains and stuff. And yeah, no, we got a. Uh, you played the venue I'm playing Thursday, the uh, El Corazon, uh, Seattle. You played it for it. Oh yeah, yeah, I played there many, many times. That's a that's a classic little little uh, dive bar out there. Dude, yeah, Nirvana played there. That's like my favorite thing about it so far. I'm like, I'm, yeah, uh, that's fucking, that's pretty dope. And I'm, I'm hyped. Have about you that. have you played there before? Or is this your first time over there? I've opened before. I've never like headlined before. So I got it's a. Uh, it's like I, I definitely did, I did a show like a couple years ago there. I, I've never been the headline though, so it's pretty interesting this time. Oh, cool! But you know the drill. You've been there before. Yeah, yeah, I've played, I've, I've been yeah, I, I've opened for like a com- comedian or something like that before. Don't let any of the junkies underneath the bridge by the venue uh, vaccinate you though. I'm I'm from St. Louis. I worry more about Seattle people. You know, like. Uh, like about me, you know, I, I feel like I, I don't know. St. Louis is probably way more like that's why I noticed. Like, like we've been in St. Louis last year. Like, everywhere's St. Louis is more ghetto than everywhere else I've seen so far. 
So like, <laughs> so I'm like, man, this this city sucks. I go there. I'm like, man, it's cleaner than St. Louis. That's crazy. I honestly though, Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle will. Seattle will do it. I think that that's a, a grimier spot than St. Louis at this point. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna Uber in. I don't. I think I'm gonna leave my bus in the suburbs. <laughs> fucking Uber in. You really? Know, I, yeah, I don't think I would drive. I don't want to drive by that shit. You know, I don't like. You know, next thing you know, I'm just giving. Well, the Elcor. Yeah. El Corazon will let you park right out in front of their venue. They they uh they they have a strip for your bus, so um you could you know technically be in there just hanging out all day waiting for your set and then just go in just to play and then come right back out to your bus. That sounds a lot better. You sold me. You sold me. <laughs> no, right. no. I would just say publicly, I told you a million times, like, but just like people watch, like Sean, Sean has so much like good information on touring. Like, 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 like he's been, he's been doing this for like 20 years and I, and like, um, it's, it's, it's great. I'll like, run all these like stupid ass ideas I have off me. I'm like, no, you should do that. I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah. All this like uh, good advice. And I appreciate that. I told you that a million times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we've been refining the the routine out here for a while. So any any helpful anything I could share is 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 fine. It's good. No, it's been gold, bro. Like the love hookup, been gold. And then fucking like <laughs> just like and then leaving the show, I, I watch what you do, and like and like you're smart. You just like you like you you, you like you hang sign autographs and you just leave, and then and then you go to the next <laughs> like, like as far as you can to the next place you're going. So you set up the next day, and I love that strategy. And like and like yeah. I've been trying to, I've been trying to utilize that strategy a lot. Like and I think it's smart. And I think even if I get an hour further, like or closer by for the morning, it's smart. And I think that's just a good strategy for anybody. It breaks up, breaks up that drive. You know, it it just it helps with those big drives quite a bit. I feel like. No, it does. Like, it does. I, I like how uh, it starts off with like uh, a political talk with Roger Stone, and it's like secrets of touring. Like afterwards, like like so, whenever you start a band or become a comedian, like you could just live at gas stations and think you're a genius for it. <laughs> <laughs> like just like us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think people realize how how many years of my life I've been spent living at a truck stop. If you just stack all the nights to, like back to back, you know that I've spent at a Loves or a Pilot. I mean, it's like I've pretty much lived at gas stations for years, but it works. It's, so it's such a good strategy because like they have food all the time and like, and, like, yeah. like no matter what, because like like that was always the bad part about parking in a random parking lot or like this. I have to like either cook. Or like carry food I don't want to carry, or like fucking I I just go in there and be like all right here's seven bucks or twelve bucks whatever all right and then they always have like a fast food place attached to it too somehow it's open twenty four hours most of them except the last one I was at. Oh, you went to one that wasn't open twenty four hours? Yeah, they're open seventy seven or some of the Hardee's, bro. Oh, oh, just the uh, the fast food inside. Yeah, just that one. Yeah, not the gas yeah. station. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that. Rob's helps. asking so how many good. how many how many do you think you played overall like shows? Someone, uh, Rob has. Like, like, in in my entire career. Yeah, so I saw the short circuit happen. Like, was, like, <laughs> like, like a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands. Thousands. That's crazy. To think oh about. yeah. Thousands. Thousands of shows. That's nuts, man. Well, just our when we first when we left for tour in two thousand three on our first tour, we were gone for basically a year and a half, playing shows almost every night. You know, just just supporting like that first group of singles and shit, and then you know, twenty years later, here we're still doing it. So thousands. That's that's impressive, man. That's cool, man. That's that's. I mean, just like that's awesome, dude. Hopefully, cool. 
Yeah, the difference between your shows and my shows is that people show up to your shows, and that's pretty cool. Like you should, uh, you should do that. Like I, I like how you do it. Like how you have like fans. Like that's pretty cool. I'm gonna try and get that going for myself, where I get more people at the shows. Like that's what we're trying to figure out now. It's like it's like we have the shows; they're going good. We need people at them. You know, that's what we're trying to do next. I think uh, try try get a bunch of people at them. You know, we we've got good shows and bad shows too. You know, it's it's uh. It's a tough, it's a tough world out there these days. Um, yeah, I talked talk to an opening comedian's family uh, for for my set in Lincoln, Nebraska. Basically, I was like, I was just like just a table full of people, just like talking to them for no reason. And then there's like there's there's a total of seven people there. It was a very impressive show. It was nice. uh, it was one that'll go down in the record books as like one of the best shows of all time. In the annals of time. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, I think people will. People look at that one. No, it'd be like it's hilarious to have those shows because, like, I think two years ago when I started doing comedy again, the first one of the first shows was like in front of a dartboard in like a barn in like Illinois, and, and, and like a year and like one year later I was playing Hawaii. I mean, it was just like funny to like see like like the, the progress, you know. And then and, and like you got to expand everywhere. You got to talk to six motherfuckers in Lincoln. So you got twelve next time, you know. I I, you, I I don't fucking know. I mean, those were the six coolest motherfuckers ever that came to my fucking show. That's like that's like how I feel. And then you get it going, and you, uh, I like being humble, making fun of it, and not just bragging about the cool shit. And I think that it's like smart to like fucking be like, dude. It's like a public forum, like fucking like yeah. Sometimes it sucks, you know. You got to be honest. You can't just be like, dude, everything's a home run. I hit, bro. I'm Babe Ruth, you know. You can't be like that, you know. Absolutely, humility goes a long way. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that out, you know, trying to be a better person, you know, and just trying to, trying to get that all going, man. Dude, that was crazy. So Stone had fucking Trump as, a, as a, as a guest on his fucking radio show, and that just blew up. Like, like he, he's, that's the first interview Trump's done, like post like the trial and stuff. So that's like a huge interview and stuff, and that, that's like nuts, probably. Dude, that yeah, I mean. I... It, it's hard to fathom the world that, that that guy comes from, Roger Stone. You know, it's pretty crazy he came on the show because, I mean, he's definitely living in a different different reality than us, you know. I mean, the fucking, the dude was FBI raided and arrested, what what was it, like a year or two years ago? Three years ago, I think, yeah. Three years now? I but, think- I mean, he, he, he was basically a political, you know, a political prosecution. You know, regardless of what you think of him, I mean, I know that he's a polarizing figure to people because you know um he's he's on on one side of this of this divisive spectrum here but um regardless of what you think of him and his politics it's people shouldn't be prosecuted like that for for being on the on the wrong side of 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 a political aisle you know, yeah, you can't prosecute your political opponents, and I think I think that's what's most important. Like, even though we all want to be babies and just like block everybody and not talk to them and beat them up and fucking put them in jail and all this, we have to deal with everybody. Earth's a collab. You have to deal with every single fucking person on this planet, even if they're dumb, even if you disagree with them, even if they're fucking everything you think you hate. You know, hatred's fake. You know, but but anything you think you hate, you know, and I think like I think yeah, it's just like we just gotta rise in consciousness and like fucking save the world because it's gonna be on fire if we don't. You know I mean it's like. It's like, oh my god, I just want to play Xbox now to save the world right now. I'm like, fuck, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, what I mean, that's what it feels like as an American. I feel like it's like, it's like, what the fuck? I just want to do dope shit. You know what I mean? You're gonna end the world when I fucking start blowing up? Like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, to be 20 years, you know, that's how I feel. You know, it's like, I feel like there's a lot of cool things we could do instead of like have 19 year olds beat up 19 year olds from other countries. You know, I mean, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of other things we could do. You know, I think, dude, uh, it's it, it it is it is crazy. You know that. World War Three is is like a not only not just a reality but like a, a 
logical next step at this point in the mess that we've kind of created, you know? And I want so nothing it's... to do with it. I want nothing to do with war or fucking anything like that. Fuck all war. All that shit's stupid. And like, you mean, it's like, yeah, I want nothing to do with that shit. I just want, you mean, we need to fucking rise and just like, we just deal with these guys and be like, dude, man, this is like, I don't know. I'm Christian, man. So I, I'm like, my soul's immortal and stuff. But I'd like to, I like to hang a little bit longer. Life just got cool, you know? So I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to try to hang a little bit longer, you know? But like, my soul's infinite. I've probably been here many times, whatever, you know? I'm trying to, like, trying to do the right thing. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a weird time to be alive. That's for sure. It's definitely, yeah. um, you know, everything's on the line. Yeah, it reminds me of that Bill Hicks thing, too, kind of, where, like, where you watch TV, it's like, war, fame, and death, and you go outside, it's like birds chirping and shit. So it's like, right. so it's like is this my programming, my MKLs or programming, make me think, oh, this is real? Or is this fucking real? And, like, my instincts are like, it's real. It feels, like, real to me. And I'm like, I'm like man, I want to resolve all this. And, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like come to God already. Like, you want to murder people? It's like, that's what you want to do with your time on Earth is murder people? Like, how, how, like, just how lame is that, you know? It's like such low vibration bullshit, you know? Yeah, and it's 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 trippy because I feel like like I like I was saying earlier when uh when Roger was still on, it's like it, the political circus that has occurred in our in our country now has like the the people that used to pump peace and love the most, like almost like pushing for conflict with Russia. You know, and it's it's like it's it's mind boggling, dude. Now, it's like that's never, the last thing we need. I, yeah, Russia's never done shit to me. Russia's never done shit to me, man. I got nothing to say about them. You know, I'm just talking about the individuals inside my government. We need we need to fucking get get them like doing their job or something. You know, it's like like restricting all speech on platforms. You mean you can't even say words anymore? It's just like it's like what is what is going on? You know, it's just like lame, dude. It's just like lame. It's like don't if, like if you want me to be a slave, tell me from birth on I was a slave. Don't tell me I was fucking free. All this shit happened, and then tell me I'm not free. I'm like I'm like I've shut the fuck up. You know I mean that's like how I feel. It's like it's like it's like they're just like trying to put put us all in these little boxes or something. And I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to fucking do with this evil in this world at all. You know I just want only good shit, man. You know I'm here for the good shit. I, I hear you, dude. Same yeah. thing. Same here. What on. I was gonna say everybody should get a smile to soul shirt in Kentucky tonight. You don't. If you, you should get this exact same shirt, the 20th anniversary there. shirt, and then you should go to Stone. There it is. Get, a, get a Roger Stone shirt. You should do them both. It support support the fucking 20th anniversary of one of the best bands on this planet right now. Before it ends, go see them before the world fucking ends. Okay. And then um, the FBI agent's watching me. I'll be in Seattle Thursday if you'd like to watch my show live with the uh, other people that like comedy and pretend to be a human being. Um, I think that, uh, and what else we got? We got a castle. I got a castle on Saturday or someone, I don't know. Look at my fucking tour. AnthonyRogers.us slash tour. I don't know where the fuck I'm going, but find out, find out with me where I'm going. I think a castle's coming up though. That's pretty cool. That sounds exciting. Yeah. It should be Smiley Soul and Anthony Rogers at a castle. We, we need to make that happen next time. We go, go there and be like, like, all we need is a band now. You, you know, it's like, <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm definitely down to play a castle. Let's get it set up. I can't believe I am even. I'm just like, I can't even believe, like, I've been saying this shit since I was 19, now it's finally happened. I'm like, oh my god, that took forever. Fuck. Should have this castle when I was 19. Fuck, you know? Now I'm like, fucking turning 37. I'm like, oh god. I'm like, I'm like Bukowski, like fucking walking over the walker. I'm like, you guys want to hear jokes? I'm finally fucking, I'm finally in this castle, you know? I'm finally in this room to talk to you. It took me fucking 20 years to fucking spam it on the internet to get here. It's like, that's what it, that's like what it fucking feels like, bro. I don't know, you have the opposite thing. You blew up first. You blew up at 21. I respect that. I respect that. 
Thank you, sir. Yeah. You're like, I don't give a um, fuck. Go to your show. I, I should probably get going because I got to go play this show. But uh, who do we got coming on next week? Um, I, I have to look it up, man. I got no fucking clue. I don't I'm, know uh, either. <laughs> somebody fucking cool because, like, everybody on here is cool. So I like I, 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 uh, tune back next week and watch reruns on Roku. Uh, yeah, have a good show, man. I'm gonna. I'll probably talk to people still because I got people here for about five more Thanks, minutes. Thanks, dude. Okay. That sounds good, and uh, good luck in Seattle, man. Yeah, God bless you tonight, man. Have a good show. Kill it. I hope the whole state shows up, like I said. Keep killing it, dog. Take care. Well, now it's just me and this blanket behind me. So there's 804 people, 803 people watching this still. I appreciate that. Um, just uh, thanks for watching. If you could do me a favor and share this video a million times before it gets deleted, um, download the Anthony Rogers TV on Roku app. It's free. Uh, so I'll never charge for that shit. Um, it should always be free. And uh, thank Cody for pressing all these buttons and making this look like a real show. Like, uh, thanks, Cody. Yep. And, uh, yeah, God bless each and every one of you watching this, and uh, hopefully we get through this terrible time we're in and like uh, start killing it all the time. But, uh,